It is a sport as old as man itself. From the ancient Greeks to the British Empire, all the way to the Gracie family, men and women have partaken in this art of combat with the promise of honor and glory in mind. Now, WFUV Sports will bring you into that realm with in-depth analysis and opinions on the goings-on in the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. This is the WFUV Sports Pound for Pound podcast. Where do we begin today, Maddie? There's, there's a lot to talk about today, James. Oh my goodness! I think it's, here this this might be it. This might be the most loaded pound for pound podcast that we have had. A lot of MMA news this week, <sighs> and we have to re- we have to recap 208. Oh my God! Where do we even start? Well, I, I I mean, I don't know why I'm asking that on the host. I can decide that myself. <laughs> this is the pound for pound podcast on this. February the 17th, 2017, James Cargan, along with my good friend Matt Breen. We've got 208 and all the Silva debacle stuff. Mm-hmm. We've got Mayweather McGregor. Three days ago, that was happening. Now, Floyd saying there was no agreement. Floyd saying he's happily retired. We've got the return of Georges St-Pierre to the cage. Mm-hmm. We've got UFC Halifax. We've got the last emperor, Fedor Emelianenko, tomorrow night. Big, big, big MMA weekend. Whew. We've got Adrian Broner. We'll get to him uh, briefly. Let's start with UFC 208, an event we both attended. Uh, but James, to, to say something, I would like to give a public shout-out from our, the Pound for Pound crew to our very own James Corgan. If anyone didn't know, James oh was very generous. Our good old James Corrigan, very generous, and he treated the pound-for-pound pound crew to UFC 208. So for that, James, I would like to publicly say thank you. Thank you very much for having us. We very much appreciate it. Well, we only have two of the four here, but from one of the three, I accept uh, your thanks. Uh, I, I hope Tom and Mario would be as gracious. No, it's, I'm kidding. <laughs> thank you a lot. It, it was my pleasure. Uh, we, had a great, we had a great time. We did have a very good time. We had a great time. Uh, a man who did not have a great time was Dana White. No, Dana he White had was to watch very unhappy. Some very bad fighting. And when I say bad, I mean very bad. Jim Miller versus Dustin Poirier. At that least, was not a very bad at fight. At least that, that was, was the, we had the one good that was a very very good fight. Did you see the diamond's leg? Oh, he he couldn't I think did he did he break it? I don't know if he broke he, it. But he couldn't he thought he, after the fight he said he thought it might be broken. Oh, he couldn't my walk. God, Miller was Miller obviously was losing the fight, but he was pounding the diamond with it with those leg kicks. He hurt him badly. There was one time I saw it live on the scoreboard when as it happened, I think they went knee to knee or shin to shin. It wasn't even a straight leg kick. I think they were going in the clinch or oh, when Miller when, was throwing a shot. When Poirier uh, grimaced. When he grimaced like that, oh, he was in some mm-hmm. serious pain. And that and from that point on in the third round. He tried to just shoot for the takedown, yeah. and he got it. Of course, I mean it was it was very smart by Poirier. Obviously, a UFC. I don't know about a veteran, but oh, there he's been, a veteran. He, is, he has been in the UFC for a while. Um, he he was just very smart. He knew his leg was getting eaten up. He knew he he would have very limited movement. You could just see his footwork was. He had nothing in the third round. I mean, the foot was the the knee was bad. So being smart, he brought the fight to the ground. 
Um, Miller, who people thought would be better on the ground, he ended up controlling him fairly well. So very, that was a very good job. I, I was very impressed by Portland's performance. Very impressed with both men on the feet as they were, mm-hmm. they were throwing hands. It was clear that Dustin Poirier was the better fighter, obviously. But Jim Miller is a man who the UFC is—he's the type of fighter that the UFC is built around. Mm-hmm. You've got your stars, but at the end of the day, you need to entertain the people throughout a card. And when you have a guy like Jim Miller, Jim Miller could lose 20 fights in a row and he would still have a place in the UFC. Just just for that. Just for his toughness. First fight on the main card, his toughness. Just for his toughness. He just brawled, for his, I mean, just for his value. He's not typically known as more known for his ground game. Jim Miller was really brawling with with Poirier. He ended up getting like there was a couple brawls in the first round. And he got another fight of the night bonus, probably his 86th. That was the one fight where I'd say both men came to fight. Of course. Both men really came to fight. Uh, That might have been the only fight on the main card where I can say that. A man who did not come to fight was the killer gorilla, Jared Cannonier. All right, full disclosure. Full disclosure. I picked Glover on the show last week. Mm -hmm. However... I laid a le- legally, by the way. <laughs> I laid a wager on Jared Cannonier, knowing how much power he had, knowing his, how many knockouts he's had, seeing his performances. Knowing his chin, he can take a shot. He has a great chin, but what he does not have is any semblance of takedown defense. Oh, it was none. He, he stood there as Glover grabbed his legs and just. Brought him to the ground. Let's get this out of the way. Glover Teixeira is not Kale Sanderson when it comes to wrestling. He's not Dan Gable. He's not Daniel Cormier. Mm -hmm. He's not a wrestler. I mean, he is someone that has that has good wrestling skills, but I mean, he just made cannon. Like, if you have Glover Teixeira making you look that bad on the ground, that means you're really like he. You can just see what he needs to work on next time. I mean, he just looked. It was a fish out of water. Something to work on. He wasn't even trying to defend. He was just standing there. He took the leg, and then he just crumpled down. He collapsed He, he, he like sat a in building. half guard the whole time. They sat in half guard like most of the fight. That was 90% of the fight. With, two, with a boxer and a slugger, that was 90% of the fight. You think when they made that fight, they thought that that would be the outcome? No. Dana, I mean, when Dana made that fight, he must have thought that, okay, we have two boxers. We're going to see a good boxing match. Slug this one out. But, I mean, Glover knew, I mean, Glover must have known that Cannoneer was that weak on the ground, knew he had a big advantage, and just uh, people get annoyed at that, but. All it takes is two seconds to find three rounds. He wasn't going for a knockout. He played the fight safe, brought it to the ground at the start of every round, and laid there the whole time on top of him. Oh, my God. That, That was so, so painful to watch. But what else was painful was the arm of arm Tim, Tim Boach, Boach, a barbarian who was barbarized. I don't know. I mean, you <laughs> you have to respect him taking that fight. Oh, of course, that's a, that's a tough fight to take. He knew that that was just a warm up for Jacare. I mean, it's not a warm up though. It's not you a warm saw, up, but I more of a live. he's just trying to stay stay warm. He's just he just needed an extra fight to to bridge the gap in between when he gets his title fight. I saw live what Tim Boach did at at the undercard of UFC 205. He killed Natal. Oh, Tim Boach is no joke. He knocked him out cold. 
So this, that was, and this is not that long ago. He's the barbarian for a reason, mm-hmm. even though he's lost a ton of fights in the UFC. But still, you know, and Jack Array just I mean, made that, him that look fight, silly. Again, I don't even want to know if we should talk about uh, Boach because that fight wasn't Boach being being bad. That was just Jacare. He was just a step above. You could just see like Jacare was just a step above his ground game. His just everything. Here's a hot take: Jacare Souza is the greatest fighter in history to have not fought for a UFC title. That has fought significantly in the UFC. I'd have to I'd have to think about that, but you may be right. He he's thirty nine. He deserves. He needs his shot. He looks. He is as good as anyone in that division. You can argue, and he 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 hasn't gotten a shot. I mean, Luke Rockhold. He still wants Luke Rockhold. Yoel Romero and Michael Bisping. They need to slug it out at some point, just so Jacare can move up. Well, in the now line. we hear that and maybe now, it's not Romero yeah, getting yeah, this. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Also. And one quick, quick aside, Luke Rockhold might apparently be grappling John Jones in Chael Sonnen's uh, Submission Underground. That that apparently might be a, about that's happening. Give me a break. Jones is Jones is going to crush him just like he I, crushed Henderson. Mm-hmm. He made Hendo tap, and he'll he'll do the he would do jo- the same. Jones is a white belt that taps black belts. Yes, Jones is not human, but that's that's that's, that's for a different point. point. Hopefully, we'll get to that point in the summer. But point. What should we talk about first, the main event or Silva? Let's uh, talk let's, about the main event first because talk that main event? was home derandomy. I'm both were awful, but home was awful and not entertaining. Home was not entertaining. You can and the refereeing. That that's one thing you have to talk about. Who was the ref? Oh, I, I, I forgot, I, I his, forget his name, but it was. Dane, I mean, it was through the New York Athletic Commission picked him. It was it was their guy. And as Dana said after the fight, he's not someone with big fight experience. I think it was, it was the Johnson? second UFC fight in in New York's history. I think it was Johnson. Uh, Todd. I think it was no Todd Anderson. Todd Anderson. Yes, Todd Anderson was appointed as the fight as the referee for that title fight. Not regardless of the fact that Eve Levine was was there. He's an experienced referee. Wasn't Mergliotti there as well? I. Th- think so. Yes, Daniel Mergliata, I believe, was there as well, but Eve Levine is a guy that does like to stand fighters up, mm-hmm. so he would have been a great fighter. He would have been a great referee for that fight, but Todd Anderson... Well, I mean, the, I think the one big thing we have to talk about is, should Durandamy have been deducted a point? No. You, you say no? Absolutely not. Give me your reasoning. Because the it, the bell, the horn does not stop the round, the referee does. I, I actually agree with you on that. The horn does not stop the round. I thought I Todd thought the Anderson first was too late getting in between Holm and Jermaine. He was too late. That punch is not is not Jermaine's fault. It was the referee's fault. People were harping more on the second time. I thought the first this, time was worse because oh, she easily. really rocked her. I thought the second time I've seen much worse. I thought the second worse. time was was just an accident. I've seen much worse. The first time lo- the first time sir I think it was at the, the end of the second round was the the first one. So no, Jermaine I in my opinion should not have been deducted a point. However, and if she had been deducted up to a point, would have been a tie. It would have been a draw, which means it would have officially been the worst main event in history because there would have been no champion. There would have been uh, There would have been no champion. I I feel like there neither of them really deserve that. Neither of no. them really I mean do do you think the decision was correct though? Oh, of course. What was Holm thinking though? Holm 
Holm didn't come to fight. That's Holm what everyone was saying, and not, I, I agree. Jermaine she did not come that. to fight. Jermaine she, said that after the fight, and we and I hundred I agree with agree. her. Holly, this great boxer, the striker, she initiated the clinch ever, and didn't do anything with it. She clinched her into the into the cage at the start of every We're round and just about held her there. A Muay Thai undefeated fighter in Jermaine. All Holm did was take her to the clinch. She ate some knees to the midsection. That was it. It, was, it felt like those three rounds of, of clinch in a row. The last it wasn't two any, rounds. They, they went for takedowns. They went nothing. I mean. Last two rounds, Jermaine probably gassed. Holm eked them out. The one, the one thing I will say is. She landed like one shot. Home did hurt her twice. She landed. She landed like one shot. The, the head kick. If she that had, was blocked, the head kick. No, she. If you see, I. I disagree. The head kick. You can see. Uh, I think her Durandini in quotation was a little, marks. By the way, her. I'm not saying she. She was down, but she was certainly dizzy. I think she got dizzied for a second, and if you saw, Home went for that second head kick that missed, and if that one had hit, that could have dropped Durandini. So but that was didn't. the one thing I see, but I, I still agree that I don't think Holm came to fight. That I don't, she shouldn't get a victory. She did not come to fight. We want to talk about an interim title. And obviously, the UFC loves their interim titles, as is the running joke. I actually don't mind the interim titles, by the way. The, the, the purpose, in my mind, is for guys to get five-round fights as opposed to I would three. I would agree with that. It, I, I don't, I don't me, mind interim. I don't, I don't see the... I don't really care I would agree it. with that. I don't, I don't really care. I don't see the problem of, of interims. But this is as interim as an interim title gets. Because if Chris Cyborg ever returns from suspension, who knows if that'll ever happen. We discussed it. Oh, apparently Cyborg, that's not as bad as, as people make it out to be. If they, Chris, Dana White, I think, said that it, it's looking good, the situation with USADA. If Cyborg was in that fight with Holm, it would have been a completely different event. Because then the Brazilian, by the way, there were so many Brazilian there fans. Were, there were a very there were good amount so of so many Brazilian. They would have been pumped for the main event as opposed to snoozing through it, which is basically what happened. And it was a snooze fest, and it was terrible, and Jermaine's it the champion. It was booze throughout. Yes. I felt bad. I felt bad because, you know, this was a, new di- this was a fight that needed to be good for just to launch the division, which still has only two fighters— Two fighters. Uh, three with... Uh, three. Three, maybe. Maybe with Cyborg. But enough about that. Let's get to Silva. Oh, my God almighty. We... The the look... I was sitting right next to James when this went on. They announced it. What was it, my they reaction? Said, they said, by unanimous decision, and we all assumed it was going to be Brunson, and as soon as he said Silva, me and James looked at each other and what? I started laughing. All I could do was laugh at that point. That we had someone, oh my God. someone in front of us turned around and 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 said, "Wait, what?" I mean, it was surprised throughout throughout the building when that when that announcement went. I've seen some bad scorecards in my time watching fighting, mostly in boxing. Judge C.J. Ross scored the fight between Floyd Mayweather and Canelo Alvarez a draw, when Floyd won every round. Manny Pacquiao lost. The first fight officially to Tim Bradley. Mm-hmm. That, in my mind, is the biggest disgrace of all time. There have been other very bad scorecards. Uh, Three recently, rounds. Uh, Klitschko, Ward. People said that fight was no. You, you we discussed we we discussed all of that on this show, but I actually agreed with that decision. That's nowhere near 
this level. I mean, we're talking... And all of these cards are now joined by the 3-0 card given to Anderson Silva. I mean, to, to win that fight is was one thing. I don't think he won that fight. But then to have him win unanimously, a unanimous decision, oh that was... As soon as they said unanimous, I think I thought it could potentially go either way in a split decision. But as soon as they said unanimous, I had assumed it was going to be Brunson. Who would have given the third round to Silva? I mean, I'm not sure. I'd have to check. Who in I, their I mean, right mind, where he spent most of the time on his back, who in their right mind would have given that round to Silva? Who would have given the first round to Silva? You, uh, you can't. Nobody! At, at worst, you have to give that round, those rounds a draw. The second round I had for Silva, because he did some of his dancing, he landed some clean shots, he had the crowd ooing and eyeing. I think Anderson won that fight on personality alone. The crowd, oh, was, the crowd was so into no, it. No, he was the main attraction there. Oh, yeah. As soon as they showed Anderson, they, they, I remember we were sitting watching the, uh, the prelims, and the, uh, on the scoreboard, um, Sil- was Silva walking in. And the crowd went nuts. Nuts. They were there to see Anderson, the Spider Silva. Absolutely right. And I think that's got it. You know, some people say, oh, the crowd sways the judges. I've never been a believer in that until that, that night. It seemed like it was his popularity really, and really he pushed really him through. Was that enter- and he came to entertain as opposed to fight. In reality, that was not a good the, fight. The one, the one. Uh, thing I can see about people saying why Silva would win is it was Silva backing down Brown, uh, uh, not Brown, Brunson, Brunson, most of the fight. It was Brunson was really on his back. Brunson was not throwing as much. He was very tentative. Neither man was engaging, though. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think Brunson should have won, but I, I think that's where people would uh, argue. I mean, what was, the, what was the significant strikes? Oh, my God, Brunson I tweeted that. so much more. It was, I, and it was overall strikes. It was it was over a hundred to I like fifty that. by Anderson. All right, so I tweeted. James the, is pulling it up right now. I tweeted this on the night of the fight, and I will go over this right now. The fight stats for <laughs> for the fight: Derek Brunson landed one hundred and twenty-seven strikes total. The Spider landed fifty-seven. That's a difference of seventy. Brunson landed 73 significant strikes. The Spider landed 47. Derek Brunson landed two takedowns. The Spider, of course, landed zero. What's more to say? What what more can be I mean, said? That, I mean, I'm not someone that thinks it should be purely on stats, but that's that's disparaging. What more? That can is be a big said? difference. No man got hurt. No man was wobbled. No, there was not a single shot that, no. that dizzied either of them. No, no good shots. So here's my theory about the fight. Brunson didn't engage with Silva because he knew how dangerous Silva is with the counter-strike. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've all seen what Silva's done in the cage, and it's legendary. And he's probably the greatest counter-fighter of all time. So I could see how Brunson is tentative. And Silva was tentative because he knew that he had nothing left in the tank. I mean, but we all, I mean, he seems like he's going to fight some more. It's like it was like Derek Brunson was was fighting a facade. I mean, I mean Anderson clearly looked looked much he older. Thought he thought he was like fighting Anderson of old. This would be again. Like, we thought he shouldn't. We don't think she should have won that fight. This would be that like wasn't fighting a, a fight winning performance. This would be like fighting the New England Patriots. This would be like playing against the New England Patriots 
if they were 0-15, if you're, or the Pittsburgh Steelers, you see the name on their jersey, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Cowboys, but they're so bad, but you can't look beyond the name of the of the team. Yeah, everyone's seen the highlight videos. You can't, I mean, Brunson also did say Anderson was like one of his favorite fighters growing up. Um, I mean, you're scared of him, but you're out there to win a fight. You can't fight, to, I mean, for both of them. They, they went out there and neither was really really looking for anything. They both fought tentatively. It was, it was a very disappointing co-main event. I mean, me and James, the whole time leading up to the fight, were saying we were so excited to see Anderson Silva live. How cool it was going to be to see Anderson Silva live. It was an experience. And it was. I very much enjoyed myself. But this, the main events were a bit of a letdown. It was an experience, though, seeing the spider walk into the cage, that seeing was very the crowd cool. go crazy. The whole crowd, Brazilian and American, were chanting for Silva the whole fight. That was, the ex- that was what I will take away from the fight, not mm-hmm. the... The, horrendous decision. I thought that I thought I'll take after that third round of going. I thought after that third round that we would never see Silva in the cage again. And it seemed like he was about to retire. But then he, he started pulled a talking, fast one. He started talking about oh his family, it's it and being away from them and you're thinking, "Oh my goodness, Silva's about to retire." And then he goes and says, "But I love fighting." Yeah. Say, have a, thank you have, thank you fans. Uh, and and that Dana said the same thing. He said he just he, he'll still get paid, and he still loves to fight. He doesn't look like he's going to retire. And Brunson, of course, was upset, but I agree with Dana White. He should have come prepared to fight. Mm-hmm. And that, he I think the did same not, thing can be said about... He left it up to the judges. The, the main event. Yeah. All right, let's get that out. That's out of the way now, thankfully. Um, thankfully. Speaking of the middleweight division... Georges St. Pierre. He is back... How I feel about it, it depends. It depends. I mean, he's he's not a, he's not as old as many other people. He's still no. young. He's still actually our 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 very WFU's very own Mir Guri trains at the same gym that he does. He's a he's not an MMA fighter, but he's a, a runner. And he's in fantastic shape. Thirty five. He's still old. in fantastic shape. I, mean, I he, he hasn't fought in a while, but. I'm. I mean, I'm excited. I'm very excited. The UFC needed another. I'm excited too. They need after Rousey. People are saying, "Oh, there's no more stars in the UFC." I think this is going to be big. Hopefully, he should not fight Bisping. He should not be in the title picture. I mean, Here I see. I, I see why you would give it to him because no, you, I would. I don't yeah, see let, why. Let me you say. Give let, it me, to let me. Him. Let me say something. I can. I can see why you should give it to him because oh, this is Georgia St. Pierre. He's. One of the greatest UFC fight, uh, fighters of all time. You can even argue that he's the greatest of all time. Only ever lost twice, and uh, beat both people that he lost to. But Jacare or Yoel Romero Joel. deserve that shot. You can't. They have been fighting in that division for so long. They've been beating top contenders in that division for so long. It is time for the two of them to get a to get a title shot. I'm sorry, but. You're gonna if you can if you think you're gonna take a three plus year absence from the sport and then come Four. back. He hasn't fought since 2013. November of 2013, mm-hmm. so it's three plus years. If you're gonna take a three plus year absence from the sport and think you're immediately going to be in the title picture, no. Just no. That just can't happen in UFC. You, it happens too often in boxing anyway. You know, George. Here's what I want for George. Okay. 
We've always been clamoring for the dream match. Silva versus St. Pierre. Oh, I would, and I think that needs to happen. And I think that needs to be Anderson's last fight. I think, I mean, I, I can see that. And I, I can it see has how to cool happen. of a fight that would be. But I think George would murk him. It doesn't matter. It has to happen. It's like, you know, I think that John Cena and The Undertaker are going to face each other at WrestleMania. That's a match that needs to happen, <laughs> no matter how old Undertaker is, and no matter how bad Silva is, that has to, it has to happen. It will be forever. Dude, it's going to be, it's, I, I feel like it will be the same lamented. kind of fight as the Daniel Cormier fight. He's going to get taken oh. to the ground and ground and pounded for three to five rounds. At least they're the same weight. At least there are. I mean, Silva's I mean, even Silva's a bigger man than Hendrick. Than, than excuse me, than Saint Pierre. He's so taller. That but... shouldn't happen. As that shouldn't really happen. You know. Do you know what I mean? We're talking about the return of Saint Pierre. Another person that has to make their return. This has been a rumored matchup: Saint Pierre versus Nick Diaz. Uh, that would be great. That would be. I mean, UFC that is saying be... they need mo- they need their money fights. That is the definition of a money. You fight. know, that would be a rematch. Saint Pierre would uh, be a rematch. I would I would love to see that fight. St. Pierre will probably he's gonna return obviously mm-hmm. in Montreal most almost hundred percent. There's no way he can fight anywhere that, else. That is, that is gonna be, su- that'd be such a cool UFC to go to. So that's happening and who do you think he will fight? I mean the the only two names they've really put out so far has been Bisping and Diaz. And Silva. And Silva. I mean Again, I, I, I don't even want to see Silva. I, I love Anderson Silva. I don't want to see him that versus St. Pierre. I think St. Pierre would, 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 as I said, I think he'd mark him. I don't that think that fight would be close. should be his last fight. I, I, wanna, I think a good fight, two returning. They both have, as you can say, ring rust, so you can't use that argument. Diaz versus, versus St. Pierre. Uh, that's, that's your money fight, big fight, two returning stars. Both, both, both of them come to fight. I, I think that I think that's the move. All right. So, here are the odds given. And by the way, it's not a guarantee he could stay at welterweight. He could. He, here could, are fight, the he odds. could fight Diaz at welterweight. Here are the odds. Bodova has the odds for who uh, Pierre will fight in his comeback fight. Plus 125, Michael Bisping. Plus 300, Anderson Silva. Plus 500, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Same odds as Tyron Woodley. So those would be the odds that he would fight for the welterweight title. But maybe potentially plus he fights the loser of Woodley Thompson too. Plus that could five, happen. Or plus 550, Nick Diaz. Plus 550 also, Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler. That would be fantastic. Robbie Lawler hasn't fought since losing to Woodley. That is correct. That That is correct, unfortunately. Plus 1,200, BJ Penn. And plus, you're going to love this, plus 15,000 CM Punk. <laughs> plus 15,000. Plus 15,000. Let's make it happen. CM Punk versus George St. Pierre. Connor, by the way, not on that list. Um, I don't see that happening. I don't think Connor would. would f- I think Connor has to fight, has to defend his lightweight before of moving course. up to, to Pierre. <laughs> he doesn't have to do anything. That's true, but at <laughs> we'll some get point, to Connor in his second. At some point, the, Ferguson or Khabib is gonna he's gonna have to fight one of them at some point. Maybe you say he'll have one fight in between. Then uh. we're gonna talk about Floyd Connor, but I mean, at some point, 
By the end, if by the end of 2017 Connor hasn't defended his lightweight title, he needs to vacate it. That would be ridiculous. But we'll get that to that in a second. I like Silva to get that matchup just because it has to happen. I don't think, you know, there's too many guys in line for Bisping. Mm-hmm. Yoel is there. I mean, middleweight is, is just such a stacked division. Yoel is there. I mean, maybe you can, if Pierre wants to fight at middleweight, he can fight one of the top contenders, a I, Weidman or a Musasi. You know what? I think it would be much more likely for him to fight for the welterweight title, the title he never lost. Mm-hmm. I think, now that I'm, I'm saying it, I think what potentially could happen is he could fight the loser of Woodley Thompson. I think he fights. If you don't think he deserves a title shot on his on his comeback, he could fight the loser of that. Here's how I would book George Saint Pierre. I would put him against ruthless Robbie Lawler in Montreal, headline a pay per view for his first fight back, and that would be the number one contenders match for the winner to face off against either Tyron Woodley mm-hmm. or Wonderboy Thompson for the welterweight championship. That fight would be in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Would be sold out, crazy. I'd be sold out in seconds, and that would be a legitimate pay per view main event, a mm-hmm. legitimate pay per view event That's that a people money would fight. buy, and it would put Pierre back in the contention, but not have him fight for the title right away. Yeah. I think that would be the perfect way for George Saint Pierre to I, return I, to the octagon. I'd agree. I think he absolutely deserves a, a top competitor. I don't think you can be giving him. You you can't have him have to work his way up through the ladder again. You need to give him a cop, top contender and, and see how he still is. So will that actually happen? Let's hope. Probably not, but <laughs> we can dare to dream. And speaking of dreams, we have a nightmare. McGregor. Three days ago. Mayweather. Three days ago reported that it was a done deal. The money man, Floyd Mayweather, would step into the, ca- the cage. The ring... With the notorious one, Conor McGregor. I got Please a text. kill me now. I got a text from James Corrigan that day just saying, McGregor Mayweather happening. We need to do an episode right now. And then, of course, we were unable to do that at that moment. And then it was, it was revealed later that it wasn't official. By Floyd. Ma- Floyd posted on Twitter that he's happily retired. <sighs> and then McGregor responded and posted on Instagram, Floyd retired on my arrival. To Vegas. I don't think this fight will happen. I mean, I think the the one big thing you have to keep in mind is Dana. I don't. Is Dana going to let, gonna let that happen without him but making Dana, money? But if Dana doesn't let that happen, then he loses his only true star. How is he going to lose him? Connor's under contract. Connor does what Connor wants to do. Connor's under contract. That's like saying Donald Trump is constrained to the presidency. Connor does yeah, but the reason, what P- Connor wants to do. I he would, runs the show. I would agree. I agree with that completely. But here's the thing: if Connor fights Floyd without the UFC's permission, Dana's just going to sue Connor and literally make all of the money Connor made from the bout. It wouldn't be worth it for Connor. But then he and the UFC would lose everything because they would lose their cash cow, the Golden mm-hmm. Goose. They would kill. They would kill the Golden Goose. They would slice open the golden As goose. As McGregor says, they'd lose their red panty night. Oh my god, that's uh, less elegant. Less elegantly. Less elegant way of saying it. They would kill the golden goose to try to get more of the eggs that it is already laying, and they would lose it. 
the UFC has to be careful here. If Connor wants to fight Floyd, he's got. He, he, if Connor wants to fight Floyd and Floyd wants to fight, they're gonna fight. Mm-hmm. Now the odds of the fight, I've seen Floyd get thirty to one and twenty five to one. Uh, I'd see, yeah, thirty to one and Connor and twenty five to one, which means that Connor would be plus three thousand. That would be the biggest odds in any Floyd yeah. fight in his career by far. I mean, I, for someone that's never been by in a far. professional boxing fight, he would get killed. Connor would. I I may. He would land no shots. I may receive flack for this later if that actually happens. You think? And I oh think boy. you're gonna yell at me now. I don't. I'm not saying Connor's gonna win. But I think it's going to be a lot closer than people thinking. Everyone is just assuming he's going to lose Connor's every gonna round. Him, he's going to murk him. He might. He will. It Connor. Won't, he Connor won't, won't win a round. Out. I'll agree with that. Connor will not win a round. He's but, obviously not going to get knocked out. But or knocked down. But less. If Connor really hits Floyd with a left hand, Connor. Connor has the the power to drop Floyd. I think Floyd has been in the ring. The only with thing the most is powerful. Can Connor land that? That left hand. Floyd was in the ring with the most powerful man in boxing, Canelo Alvarez. He went up a weight class to fight the most powerful man in boxing, Canelo Alvarez. Right now, the number one Mm pound-for-pound fighter in the world. And he won every round, despite what Judge C.J. Ross thought uh, when she scored a draw and has since been fired. He won every round. Conor McGregor is not Canelo Alvarez. No, he's not. He's Conor McGregor. The UFC fighter. Give me a break, man. I'm I'm not I don't think I would agree with you. I don't think Conor can win a single round. I don't think he has the boxing Why skill to win a single round. Why are we even talking about this? <laughs> Why? Well, let's talk about do you think it it actually has a realistic shot of ever happening? I'll rephrase the question to you. What happens first? Conor steps into the octagon? Or Connor steps into the ring. Hmm. I say I say ring because I don't think he's gonna step into the octagon until his baby's born. That's happening. He's told soon. that to Dana. I think he'll return in the summer. I think this is honestly, honest to God, this might just be a trick. This might just be leverage for him to get a bigger payday. He uh, received I- three million. At at UFC 202 for Diaz, the most ever. Mm-hmm. He probably received the same for the MSG fight. Three million is obviously a huge amount, plus the Reebok, but it is plus even, pay-per-view cut. That's not enough money to shine Floyd's shoes, though. Floyd throws that. Floyd puts that uses that as firewood, and Connor wants to be Floyd. I mean that's why Connor wants, wants this fight. Connor has the chance of of making millions and millions of dollars, like upwards of twenty million dollars for for an MMA fighter. Oh, that is twenty. Forget twenty. Absurd. Dana White offered them both twenty five up front. Floyd's not fighting for less than a hundred though. Floyd wouldn't take that fight for anything no, less no, no, than a no. hundred million. He, up front, he would take like thirty, but he obviously he would get a huge cut. He yeah. takes all his money off of the pay per view. Itself, him actually being a promoter, of course. Also, something to keep in mind: McGregor has his California boxing license. Did he ever get his Nevada? Because Floyd isn't going to fight outside know. of MGM Grand. 
or that now fight, the T-Mobile Arena. Yeah, that fight's going to be at one of those two places. I don't know. I think he'll step in the uh, hot take. I think Connor will step in the octagon before he steps into the ring with Floyd. I think this is partly leverage to try to get a better cut from the UFC, which he should get well, said, because he, he is the franchise. He he wants a, a, a an ownership stake, not just more money. He wants ownership some ownership stake. stake. How much do you, does he think that all these celebrities are getting from the UFC? These celebrities aren't getting that much. He... Oh, he is the franchise. He is. He is LeBron James. Oh, 100%. No one, can, no one den- is denying that. He is. He brings in more money than the rest of the roster combined. 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 So, I just think that the UFC will and honestly should cave. Because right now, they need him in the octagon fighting a mixed martial arts mm-hmm. fight. And with that, God, I'm glad that's over. (laughs) Let's look ahead to actual fighting as opposed to people returning and people not fighting. As opposed to talking about a retired person fighting a mixed martial artist. Speaking, oh, and by the way, all right, let's start. Speaking of retired people that shouldn't be fighting in a cage, let's talk about the last emperor. Emelianenko. Fedor. Emilianenko, quite possibly the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. People will say he's easily the greatest heavyweight of all time. He is the great, with no doubt that he's the greatest heavyweight of all time. I don't know if I can 100% say that, but... He never fought Randy Couture, but ultimately I think Fedor is quite frankly the greatest heavyweight of all time. Do you think if, if he were in the UFC, he'd be the champion? Back in the early 2000s? Back in the early 2000s. Of course! Of course! He's the complete... He is what every fighter has dreamt to be. He would have destroyed everyone, just like he did in Pride. Mm -hmm. Just like he did in in, Krokop. In the early 2000s, he would have have been unstoppable. He was unstoppable. Oh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I've been saying if he would have joined the UFC. So, he's back. Yay! Fighting Matt Mitrione. Thank you, Bellator, once again for mm-hmm. bringing the fans a hint of nostalgia. Speaking of hint of nostalgia, also Rory McDonald has a fight upcoming soon. That's not McDonald nostalgia. Bailey. At least he's a good fighter. At least he's a great fighter oh, now. Fedor isn't a good fighter now? Uh, no. No, he is terrible. He is very bad. Let's get that out think of the I've way. Acquired, do you... By the way, he gives up 21 pounds to Mitrione. I was, I was literally about to say that. Mitrione is weighed in at 255. Emilianenko was 225. Oh, my God. I mean, it's less of a difference in in heavyweight, but that's still 30 pounds. All right, Fedor, I've got bad news. You're not in Russia. You're not getting a a decision. You're not getting a referee that's going to not stop the fight no matter what. One of Fedor's last fights, I think it was his last fight. Fedor's been knocked out before. Oh, of course. I think it was, yes, it was his last fight. He fought a dude named Fabio Maldonado in St. Pe- Petersburg, Russia. Guess who's the president of the Russian Mixed Martial Arts Federation? Uh, isn't it? It's Fedor. It's Fedor. <laughs> it's Fedor. What happened in that fight, Fedor should have been pounded out in the first round. He was pounded out, but the referee did not stop the fight. And then Fedor eked his way out. The fight really was a draw, 
But, of course, he got the decision. He did not look good in that fight at all. Oh, no. Matt Mitrione is... He's no joke. Not a joke. I mean... Not at all. So, I really think... And, by the way, Fabio Maldonado was a UFC veteran. Uh, not a great record in the UFC. Uh, but... Matt Mitrione was also in the UFC. Of he course. Was a, he was the, the ultimate fighter. He was on the ultimate of fighter. Of course. So, Matt Mitri- So yeah, Matt Mitrione against Fedor. Fedor is going to get knocked out. You think he's going to get knocked out? Fedor is going to get knocked it's out. A, it's a three-round fight, correct? Five. It's five? Main event. Oh, uh, yeah, I would I would agree with that. I, I think Mitrione is more in the tank. Unless he just, unless it's fixed. 30 pounds over right. him. But we can't. I would never wager on this fight. Ever. Oh, I, I wouldn't wager on this I fight. I would either. not wager on this fight at all because we saw what happened with Tito. We saw what happened with Kimbo. These fights are shaky at best. This might not be a real fight. Uh, you, you really think this one has that shot of being fixed? It has the potential. Do you like do Bellator? You thought Sonin Ortiz was? It is t- I, I the jury's out on that. I think it personally. I think it move. It's more likely that it was fixed than it wasn't. Kimbo one hundred percent. Kimbo versus Ken Shamrock one hundred percent fixed. There, there was some. I don't know if it was completely fixed, but there was something real fishy about that. It was fixed hundred percent. Or Ortiz Sonnen. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I wasn't completely sold on. This, I can see the arguments, but this has the potential because if Fedor wins, guess what. Bellator has him on another fight again to fight who knows one other God I lose track I lose track of how many old veterans are there anymore I was about to say who who cares he'll fight Randy Couture for all we know who cares who he fights they'll bring in money it's Fedor Emelianenko greatest heavyweight of all time let's get to some real fighting action in Halifax, Canada this weekend the main event is one of my favorite fighters the Black Beast Derek Derek Lewis. Lewis who I really wanted to see in Brooklyn. He, he almost made it. He almost was fucked God. There. Why? Why? Who, who was Stefan Struve? Stefan Struve gets hurt. His fight with Junior is called off. We got Lewis. We've got Travis Brown, Hoppe. We've got a fight that I think will be won by Derek Lewis. The Black you, you take Derek Lewis? Honestly, I think I'm with you. I think Travis Brown, he, he just hasn't been the same Travis Brown as of late. His footwork, if you've looked in his last place. Edmund. Edmund. You, Could you, you look, imagine if you he look loses? At, you look at his footwork in, in his early career, the way he used to pick people apart, his unorthodox striking. He he could stand up with anyone in the, in the heavyweight division. Ever he was, since that he loss. He was scary when he first came into the UFC. He his, has never been the same you, after you looked the at him, loss. To Arlovsky. he. I would agree with that. And now that he's with Edmund, you just see his striking seems to have taken a step back. His his he looks. I, I don't know what the like. He doesn't look as good as he used to. His his footwork isn't there. He looks more stationary. Like Ronda. Like Ronda. Edmund, imagine the firestorm if Hoppe loses. Cause then Brown was officially done. He's out of contention. He would no longer be a top ten. Heavyweight contender, which is crazy. That is crazy. But I think Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis, Derek Lewis, by the way, has the advantage on the ground. 
He is 100%. a very good guy. He is a very good fighter on the ground. If he gets one takedown of Hoppe, it's over. Derek Lewis is the most powerful fighter in the UFC. Oh, 100%. And he, is, he has, has the he best has much ground strength. and pound. He has as much strength as, as anyone in there. And I believe he has the best ground and pound in the UFC. Those two things, plus the fact that it's a five-round fight. But by the way, Derek Lewis's, Derek Lewis's last performance was very bad. Let's get this out of the way. When he fought in Albany against, I, I forget who I'm it getting was, up um, now. It was Shamil Abdurakimov. Uh, yes, Abdurakimov. Shamil Abdurakimov. When he fought Abdurakimov, that was a terrible performance. It was. He lost was. the first three rounds. If that fight was not a main event of a, a, a fight pass he card. Knocked, he, he knocked him out in round four, right? Yes. If that wasn't a main event of a fight pass card, he loses 3 nothing. Round four, he gets one takedown. His only takedown and his only good thing that he did in that fight mm-hmm. pounds him out. Done. Out cold. He, but uh, I don't know. what. Maybe the lights, the pressure, maybe he wasn't prepared. But this is a short layoff. It's the, and we saw what that happened. That fight was December Cow- 9th. We saw what happened to Cowboy with a short layoff. That was December 9th, though. And re- remember, he has to cut weight to make it to heavyweight mm-hmm. to 265. What's his? He walks. He must walk around at like oh, two. I can't even. Two eighty. Two ninety. Even imagine. I can't even imagine how big he is in real life. Five fight win streak, but I still think that Derek Lewis gets the job done. I, I would agree, unless. Unless we can see a, a Travis Brown of old, where uh, his no. where his stand up is is what it used to be, where he has those dangerous kicks you have to watch out for. As if, long as Edmund Tarvidian is in his quarter, but we saw he, even though he claimed that Edmund was his head coach, he was training somewhere else. Brown didn't wasn't he training at Jackson Wink? He I, he might have been. I I think he was with um, that's where John Jones and Holly Holm train. Um, but but, let's reg- also but regardless, re- if if I, I would agree with you, if if his if Travis Brown's stand up isn't what it used to be, if he looks as stagnant as he did in his last few fights, his I, performance I see... against Fabricio was terrible, 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 terrible. He looked awful in that fight. All right, and I, so... I, I, if he looks like that again, Derek Lewis is going to take him to the ground and ground and pound him for a KO. So real quick, Johnny Hendricks, I think he bounces back and beats Lombard. I mean, we saw. The, the the last time he had, um, uh, what, what was I gonna say? Um, he hasn't been able to make weight. I mean that but that now, was that was his big concern. But even even besides that, even when he did make weight, he he just looked he looked old. Since Saint Pierre, he looked like he hasn't really been the same fighter. Three in a row. Three three, three in a row of of and three in a row of three miserable performances, like miserable. Lost to Thompson. Lost to Gastelum, lost to Magny. UFC 200, terrible performance against Gastelum. Neil Magny, brutal. Oh, no, he, missed, he missed weight and then still looked awful. Missed ma- weight three out of four times, I believe. He wasn't able to fight against uh, Woodley because he missed weight and had to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then he missed weight against Gastelum and Magny. So I think he bounces back. I think he is going to be the- a refresher fighter. At 185. But here's the thing. Who, who is he fighting? Hector Lombard. I Hector know. Lombard is dangerous. Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, judo black belt. I mean, he's he's a, he's a scary fighter. I think Hector Lombard 
If he can bring it to the ground effectively, I think he he gives the advantage on the ground versus Hendricks. He's had a long layoff after that loss to Henderson. You remember that loss to Henderson. I remember I that do. fight. I remember that Oh, one. my God. That Henderson. Wow. That, and that, as soon as he hit him with that elbow, you uh, everyone, oh. you cringe. Oh, my God. So I have Hendricks. I don't think he's done. I have, I'm going to take Lombard. I think Lombard's going to submit him. And who did you have? You have Derek Lewis? I have Derek Lewis. I have Derek Lewis by ground and pound. And in the Fedor fight, I have the fan man coming into the cage and doing the chicken dance because that might as well happen. <laughs> and with that, that will do it for today's edition of Pound for Pound. Thank you to Mr. Matty Breen. As we will be, always, James. As we will always. be back next week. And until then, enjoy this weekend's fights. Goodbye, everybody.